Welcome to the Silva Scoop Podcast. Sit back, grab a cup of coffee, and get the scoop on everything from fitness to lifestyle to business and more. Hello, hello. I'm Savannah. And I'm Alex. And today we're going to talk to you guys about fitness stuff. Yes. That's the technical term. Alex has been training again. All the Shred Society clients. And because I'm on maternity leave. And now he suddenly likes to talk about fitness again. It's been, he ups and flows with what he likes to talk about. Isn't that right? Yeah, I sometimes mean... Sometimes it's grass, sometimes it's politics, sometimes it's fitness. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean... it's I, fitness. They have different things that interest me at different times, but <laughs> fitness has always been a constant since I was young. It's just there's definitely been things that took the f- center stage. Lately, people have been telling him he looks buff, so... So that feels wanna, good. Makes him want to talk about fitness like he's some sort of expert. But then when you feel good and you work out all the time, it's kind of at the top of your mind as well. So we... Do things a little differently over the last, like, I don't know, when did I implement this with in person clients? Maybe six months ago? The, not even, the programming where, like, I, I what I used to do was <laughs> the hardest thing ever. Like, I'd write a very individual program for each person because I took yeah. personal training too seriously. And and I almost want to argue that that took the personal too seriously. Yeah, sorry, the personal. Yeah, right, the personal and personal training too seriously. And I want to argue almost that that's pretty not naive. That's pretty amateur of me. That's Is pretty it amateur of me to like to feel like I have to reinvent the wheel for every single person. Yes. I mean, and you can understand where, like, from your perspective, from your personal perspective, you're thinking nobody's going to want something that somebody else is getting. Like, they're going to want very tailored and specific workout plans and programs. And you would think that is what people want. And it's only through trial and error that you realize that that's not necessarily what people want. Well, I remember, like, Carly's one of our longtime clients. And I remember... Every now and then if I was like in a bind or if I was like, oh, Carly and so-and-so are both working out at the same time and they both are the same fitness level and have the same goals. Like I can probably get them to do a fun workout together today. I remember feeling like so nervous that Carly would like be mad or like that she, you know, would be like, this this girl's so lazy that she just, you know, combined us for the same workout. So I'd be like, hey, I'd be like over explaining like, this girl is at the same level as you and you guys have the same goals. So I'm going to have you do the same workout together, like a partner workout. Is that okay? Like I was so nervous about it. So anyway, I think I've come a long way in my efficiency with things. I still have a long ways to go, but I learned that pretty much everyone can benefit from the same sort of program. Yes. It comes back to not like not reinventing the wheel. Exactly. The there's plenty of history where people have done that trial and error work, figured out, okay, these things really work and these other things, I don't know, not really proven yet and maybe not super effective, but we know what really works. And I think it's not just that, but it's also people like to feel like they're, you know, kind of combined suffering. Like when you're in it as as a group, opposed to like, there's definitely a sense of camaraderie and um, community when everybody's kind of suffering through the same things. Like this week, everybody's very sore because (laughs) they're all on the same page. They have all started this new program. So, and I, I feel like just for context, I'm sure everyone listening to this knows us and our situation, but for the odd person that doesn't, it's up to four people at a time. It's all women it's semi-private training. It's not a class, which that was my other thing. I didn't want it to be like a class because right. it's not, and people aren't paying a class price. You know, right. they're paying a personal training price. And the point of having only four people 
is so that you do get more of that individualized attention and, you know, attention to detail and form and safety and all that. But also so that you can cater the program to the individual, right? Not just be like, everyone's doing burpees. I don't care, you know, what your goal is. I don't care what your injury is. I don't care. Like, so, and that's, and that is where it's not like I'm just sitting there and I'm like slapping the same workout, you know, into every single person's like program. It is still individualized, but I learned that in order to be effective and efficient, I need to kind of just stop reinventing the wheel for every single person. And I also was doing a brand new workout every single week for Mm -hmm. every single person. So no one ever repeated a workout for, and I've trained, I've been training for 10 years as of this September. And I mean, I've only had shred society open for three, but I mean, I always wrote a new workout. I did not repeat. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, only once that has kind of passed for the reasons that you talked about, which was you weren't sure how people were going to receive not having something brand new every time. Because I think you personally would appreciate something. Like you were at a place at one point where you wanted something new because you had done all those things. You had done all the classes and you had done, you know, you'd kind of experienced everything. So I think from your perspective, it was like, this takes more effort and it's a more premium service because it does require a lot more work. But does that necessarily mean that it's, better or more efficient or more effective to what to rewrite or to write new work. Yeah. To make something brand new every week. Yeah. No, um, it's, it's how it would seem because it's more work, but it's from a, from an, like how effective it is perspective. I mean, it's not, we see that it's not as effective, but also it kind of prevents people from even understanding what they're doing because they're always doing something new and they're just showing up to kind of, hear something new every time and so they're at the mercy of the trainer like what am I doing I don't know yeah and I think that like even though you want your clients to stay with you forever and you want to you know like you don't want to lose a client it's always sad if you lose a client I think your goal still at the end of the day should be that they can do this without you and right like they should be learning along the way and you should want to empower them to be able to go kick ass on their own at the gym without anyone needing anyone's help and without doubting themselves. Like, do I have good form? You know, am I doing an efficient like workout? Is this a good program? Because they've been with you for long enough to like learn those things. And I think the only way they're going to learn is if you're repeating things, because like you said, if they're coming every time and it's a brand new workout, they're never like digesting what's going on. They're just there to like suffer versus now I'm writing a program for four weeks at a time and every four weeks we switch cycles. So like we'll do a strength cycle, then we'll do um, an endurance cycle, which is what we're on now. And then we'll do like a power cycle. And that's just basically to like be a well-rounded athlete. Mm -hmm. And like that way you get like some of the more hypertrophy phases and like you can do some like the bodybuilding type style workouts, but then you're also getting into like more functional training, you know, and all that. Um, but they, they do the same workouts for four weeks. I might change like the ab exercise or something, yeah. you know, cause people get sick of the same core exercise, but there, the goal is that every week you're, um, why am I blanking? You're progressive overloading, right? Yeah. And then it's the best feeling from the trainer's perspective when like you're telling them what they're going to do and they kind of finish your sentence for you because they know, That's or they're, good. they're kind of excited to start it or they've taken ownership of it. Like they're very familiar with it. That's they good. remember what they did last time. They kind of know what they're shooting for on the, on this time. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's, that's absolutely how it should be. And then, cause then if they do go work out on their own, they, they kind of already are already thinking about what they've done. They know how it feels. They know yeah. what to do. They know the right form. They know approximately how much weight they do. Um, so instilling some ownership in the, in the workouts, mm-hmm. it helps people a lot. And uh, yeah, the more self-sufficient you are, because at the end of the day, it is still your work. Like it's your workout. You're mm-hmm. the one doing the workout. Um, and, the, and the trainer is, is more to kind of guide you, help you, assist you, show you new things, show you things that, you know, for form or, um, you know, anything that might be going wrong. Uh, but, but, um, it's just been, I'd say very eye opening, especially with the last four weeks that we did 
not that I was there in person, but <laughs> the strength program because I had our trainer, Emily, who I don't know if we've talked about on here, but she's our new trainer and she's amazing. She's doing so well and she trains twice a week and then Alex is training like in place of me. So my usual schedule he's covering and then Emily added on two extra days for us. But so Emily and Alex are taking everyone through four weeks at a time of the same program. And Emily's told me a lot of positive feedback from people. And Alex has told me a lot of positive feedback from the strength workouts, especially. So I don't know if you want to talk about that at all, but I know I was worried because Alex helped me write the strength program. I was like, dude, I don't want anything to do with writing workouts right now. I like just gave birth. I'm exhausted. I don't have any inspiration because I haven't worked out intensely in a long time. And so he like, wrote this long list of like really good exercises to choose from and then was like we should do straight sets and all this stuff and I was like uh people don't like straight sets people don't like to rest like my clients don't know how to rest and it doesn't mean it's like not for a lack of trying because there are plenty of times where I'm trying to explain to people the importance of rest but no one gives a crap they're Mm -hmm. like okay sure but you know I'm not here to rest I'm here to work I'm only here for an hour and I get that but that's not always the efficient way of doing it right Mm -hmm. even though it feels efficient but it's not so anyway I was like Alex these girls are not gonna like that and then I don't know you told me that everyone really liked it yeah yeah so that was a misconception was that you know I mean for two two reasons one was thinking that people aren't gonna enjoy resting but the other side of it was we won't we won't have enough time in an hour to rest Mm. there's not enough there's too much to get through and we mm-hmm. won't get through it all. You'll feel, you'll leave feeling like it, you've done an incomplete workout. Mm-hmm. And then we proved that that was not the case, that you could absolutely destroy yourself. We're still resting. Mm-hmm. It's just different. And, you know, so some people might not think that they want to rest. They don't want to do straight sets. They don't want to build strength or so they think. But then again, if they're here and, you know, they're training with us, do they know what they truly like? Because we could make the argument all day that building strength is like a crucial part of any fitness goal that mm-hmm. you have. Any fitness goal that you have. That's like a crucial part of it. And so it, I don't know. I, I think it, it's something that has to be done. I mean, every now and then I feel like, you know, I get up against someone who. Like I met with resistance from someone who's like, I don't want to get stronger. I'm not, that's not the point. Like, you know, I'm just trying to lose weight. And then, you know, it's like, okay, technically, right? Like the like strength training reps are really low reps, right? Like Mm -hmm. up to six reps or whatever. And technically you don't need to lift in that rep range ever. Like technically, right? And so, so I'm like, okay. Sure, I understand what you're saying. We don't have to do one rep maxes. But if you're trying to, if you're saying you don't want to gain muscle, that's a lie. (laughs) Because if you want to lose fat, then muscle is the best thing for your buck. Right. So I think that's kind of, you know, and then there's the, the, camp that says I just want to lift light weights for high reps and I don't want to get stronger and I'm not trying I'm trying to maintain my muscle I'm not trying to gain anymore and I understand because I've been at a place where I felt like I had enough muscle if not too much muscle for my liking and I said the same thing it's I'm not I'm not disagreeing with people and I let you know if someone says that then I fully um accommodate them I do Mm -hmm. but do I think that means that you need to avoid lifting heavy always? No. I think there's like a, a time and a place to do Like that's why there's cycles. I think you can do like a cycle where you're lifting heavy and you're pushing like progressive overload. And then there's times where you can cut back, do, you know, less less of the strength training and hypertrophy and more like endurance. I yeah, think there's and, cycles. I mean, more, more often than not, you find that sometimes folks just aren't sure. They don't know that that's not what they were like. You'd be surprised how many people, once they become strong, they didn't want to be strong. But once they become strong, like they, they take a lot of pride in that. Yeah. Suddenly, they're like, "This is really great. This is awesome. Like, I feel like a badass. I, 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 I like this." Yeah. And 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 you really need to like exercise to continue to do it forever. And that's yeah. the goal: is to do it forever. Like, not just a six month thing, a year thing. Like, you want to do this for the rest of your life. 
And the only way to do that for the rest of your life is to make it sustainable, like where you want to do it. And how do you want to do it? From taking pride and joy in, in, in the process. And I think building strength is one of those things that's required to, I mean, not required, but because of course, aesthetics, aesthetic payoff, but sometimes that's very slow going. Strength doesn't take that long to build, maybe a couple of weeks. And Freaking, you notice crazy results. I guess I shouldn't just use everyone's names on here, but our one client who was like, she was always fit and she was out for a year with a back injury. This is before she went to us. <laughs> she got injured somewhere else and was out for a year. And then she came to us when she was finally cleared from PT after a year of physical therapy. And she said, you know, I want, I, I was banned from going to group fitness classes anymore because that's where I got hurt because of the lack of um, supervision over mm-hmm. form. Um, you know, I was looking for exactly like what you offer, which is semi-private training. So that way, you know, there's always someone's eyes on my form. And uh, we like took it real slow. I feel like the first couple weeks because I didn't want to hurt her and I wanted to make sure her form was good. Her form was awesome. And since I've been out, Alex is telling me like what this girl's lifting. <laughs> it's insane, right? Like she she hadn't worked out in a year. And she, you know what I'm talking about? I hope so. I can show you. I just can't say it on here. I can't say it on air. I mean, I can mouth it. Oh my lanta! And this the mouth was very bad. I well, I have small a small mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to sit here and type it, um, but anyway. Okay. <laughs> this girl, I I feel like she was lifting like. 135 on hip thrust. Like she was brand new to hip thrust. Yeah. And then since I've been out, she's doing like 300. Yeah. Squats is like 120, right? <sighs> okay. Sorry. We had technical difficulties, but we're back. Um, and I'm glad I saw that when I did because I looked over at the computer and it had stopped recording. And that could have been 30 minutes of lost yeah, good catch. stuff, but it wasn't. Um, anywho. We were just talking about strength and... Um, you know, how people seem to really enjoy being stronger in just the four weeks that we, we kind of focused on that. Yeah. And once again, we only train women and the fact that these women are like so stoked and they're all feeling so good. I haven't, you know, we haven't done any measurements or pictures to like see if anyone looks physically different in, different in these four weeks. Uh, but well, I can actually say that another one, one of our clients was on a trip recently and posted a picture. And I was like, you look real, like her arm looked really lean mm-hmm. and strong. And, and f- some listeners out there might be like, well, obviously you want to like get stronger if you're personal training, like that's, that's a no brainer, but that's not the case. So if we paint the the picture of like modern day fitness culture, it's not, Totally yeah. revolving around strength. Not at all. Uh, it's mainly, I would say the biggest thing over the past five, six, seven years have been like crazy cardio hit type workouts and classes. And there's no thought towards the weight. Hey, find something that feels tough and do those. Mm-hmm. Just do those. Don't, I mean, don't even worry about how much you're doing. Don't just, just do it until you can't breathe and then move on to the next thing. And then move, there's like no rest, None. no rest programmed into anything. And I think people forget that like working out isn't just something where you're going based on your feeling. There's actually, there's much more to it than that. And one of those things is your nervous system. Like your nervous system requires rest between, ideally between like every set, right? Yeah. At least a minute or two. Now supersets, you can get away with that, and I think that's just a specific type of training you can do when you're short on time or you do want your heart rate to get up slightly, right? Um, and a superset is different than a compound set. Superset is where it's like two different muscle groups, maybe opposing or just totally different, but like you could do a set of squats and then go do a set of lat pulldowns, and those are totally different muscle groups, and doing those back-to-back is fine you know, in most cases, and I like to do stuff like that because I'm usually really short on time. But if you're doing heavy squats and then you're trying to go do lunges right after that, those are the same muscle groups Mm -hmm. and your nervous system is freaking taxed and your muscles are tired. But right, like I think people forget that there's more to it than just like, okay, well, my heart rate came down a little bit. Like I can just go into the next set now. Like, no, like there's, 
you need you need adequate rest, not just like okay, well my BPMs yeah. went down on my watch. It's yeah. been twenty seconds. I will say once you get to a certain point, it's like what I've done over the past year or two is kind of get away from the idea of like specific rep counts for myself. Now there's like ranges of where I'm kind of shooting for, mm-hmm. but I. I really am, am lifting each set towards a feeling mm-hmm. that might be 10 reps, but that might be 20 reps. And like, it might be even more. I, I don't know. Sometimes I don't even count. I just go to a certain feeling where like I am taxed beyond, yeah. I couldn't do another one. Even if I tried, I couldn't do even a partial and then I rest. So to failure? Definitely. Wow. Uh, and then I rest. You don't have to go to failure every time. You don't. There's certain exercises that I think it's more important that you do, like cert- depending on your goal. But um, I would say the bigger compound lifts, not so much. Those are really, I think, where you make your money with strength. Um, but you know, yeah. like I think the way supersets were originally implemented was more of like a burnout. So like the smaller muscle groups towards the end of your workouts, mm-hmm. like okay, let's just really kill ourselves with these supersets. Not like whole thing being supersets. Yeah. Um, and what I guess what I'm doing there is kind of like a superset, mm-hmm. right? It's just all one. Um, but With your, what, like your shoulders? Um, I, I do it for almost everything, but like, for example, chest. I'm, I'm not going to do that on bench press. I can't. That's what I'm, yeah. So I do understand what you're saying. You're not doing but like on lifts. cable flies or something like that. Yeah. Push-ups, I will do that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what was I going to say about that? No, whenever I've tried to have clients do something, when, when I say go till failure with push-ups, I've done it with push-ups or whatever it is, they're like, I don't, just give me a rep. Just give me, give me a number. I can't go till, I don't know how. I'm like, what do you, what do you mean you don't know how? <laughs> you push yourself to, you can't do another one. No, no, I don't, I don't do well with that. I need a, a rep count. Like what? And that's tough because I, I really do think that the body grows, like, you get the most out of hitting that point, but only you know where that point is. But that's the thing is, I don't know. I mean, maybe it's a personality difference, but I do. I like what you're saying as far as I wish I could always just say, go till you have two or three reps left in the tank, right? For like a lot of our compound lifts, mm-hmm. because that would be correct. Having one or two reps in reserve or three reps in reserve. Because, you know, you watch, you, <laughs> once you've been training people a while, I feel like you know who's just going to finish the set to like check it off their list and who's going to finish a set with the intention of pushing themselves to the adequate degree. And then if it's not hard enough, they're going to tell me so that I know the weight's too light or whatever. So I feel like once I know who's who, I'll make sure I'm watching someone if I think they're just going to like finish the set, whether or not it was hard enough. Um, And I'll watch them. Let's say it's like, Let's say it's squats, and I'll watch them, and I see their last rep is perfect. There wasn't a single ounce of struggle. Yeah. Was that heavy enough? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think so. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Right, right, right. They finished it while they were, like, finishing a conversation. They were talking while they squatted. You know what I mean? Yeah. So um, I do I do wish people more so went into it with that thought of, like – and because then that's what I'll say, and, I mean, I say this all the time to people, but I'm like, okay, so if you – like they'll rack it, and I ask that question: Was that hard enough? I think so. I go, could you have done one or two more? I mean, yeah, for sure. I probably could have done a few more. Okay, get right back down and go. You know, yeah. like do more. Like if you yeah. if you think you can do more, do more. If I'm busy with someone else and you don't know what weight you should add because you know it's too late already, then just do extra and count how many reps you got if you're counting, and then yeah. tell me. Yeah. So that we know. Um. So that's and I have an online client right now where. I'm having a reminder, write your weights down. Like, don't forget to write your weights down because next week or the week after, you should be trying to increase that, right? Like, keep track. Like, be invested in what you're doing. Otherwise, you're never going to see progress or you're going to think that your workout's easy. And it's probably not easy. It's probably just you're not approaching it correctly. Yeah. Or like a comment I'll get a lot is like, I'll I'll ask, oh, how was that? How, How did that feel? And a lot of times people go, that was really heavy. Almost like we pushed it too far. Like the oh. weight was too much. However, the reps were great. And you got all the reps that that were was asked. 10 reps, whatever it was. Yeah. That's how it's supposed to feel. It is supposed to feel, wow, that was really heavy. Yeah. I could not do more. That's perfect. That means we found the perfect <laughs> weight. Because that's kind of the weight you're looking to shoot for. Yeah. Um, 
it, and then if you if you were going to do more more sets, then maybe you come down and wait mm-hmm. because you're getting more tired. Um, you're not going to yeah. be like perfect the whole workout, but right, right, right. Yeah, um, I think that's why I really like the PR board though, is because then people are more invested in the weights they're lifting, right? And they care. Yeah. They care enough to actually maybe know what they lift versus before. I think people people would always ask me like, "What weight did I do on squats last week?" I'm like, oh, I gotta go check. I wrote it down, but I don't. I don't. I'm like, you don't know because I know if I was training with a trainer, I'd be like, I'd know it all. And, you know? and part of that might be because we give them the weights, right? Like we're setting up the hip thrust bar. Or we're setting up the squat bar. Oh, yeah. I usually tell people their weights, though. And then people get mad at me. They're like, they'll be like, stop it. You're going to psych me out. Like, <laughs> or like, I'm going to psych myself out right. if I know the weight, right. you know. Um, but I do think, I think it's important to be invested in it. If you're if you're investing financially to have a coach or a trainer, I do think, maybe that's just because I'm a trainer, but I do think it's important to be as invested in your fitness goals and journey as the person you're hiring is. Yeah. You know, because it's not, you're not going to get where you want to get if you're not invested in it yeah so and then you're also going to always probably be needing a trainer or just stuck in that cycle where you stop working out for a little bit then go back to working out because I think it's once you're really into it like you're what's the word I'm looking for another word besides invested (laughs) because I've used that 12 times but right like you're you're just really inspired to keep going and to like push yourself basically then you'll be in it for the long term like yeah. alex was talking to his dad the other day and what'd you say you're talking about not working out and then working out in that cycle or whatever of like yeah. and i was like i've never since i started i haven't stopped yeah the cycle I don't, I don't of like that. you know when something comes up or maybe you just fall out of it uh then it gets incredibly difficult to to try to like drag yourself to the gym again and um and then it's a negative loop because then you don't go. And then if you do get in there, you feel like garbage because you haven't been going. And then your appetite's all off and you're not eating right. It's just this whole thing. And then when you're uh, on the flip side, when you're going and you're doing it every day, I would say maybe like two weeks, three weeks into forcing yourself to do these things, it kind of kicks into autopilot. And now you want to do these things yeah. every day. Like you're actively looking at when can I do this? But that's exactly. really remarkable that you've never – at least not yet, have had uh, a chapter where you, like, weren't looking on going to the, like... And and there's, obviously, I've been pregnant and I've been postpartum. There's been times where I haven't been able to work out like I want to. But even in pregnancy, when I don't feel like it, I still, you know, again, I would make the habit of doing something, right? And I think that's the most important thing. And that's, like, even in this postpartum period where I really can't be doing workouts... It's like I would just go in the gym with workout clothes on and blast workout music and do my pelvic floor exercises and stretch. But that was, to me, it's more about the mental aspect, you know? But I do want to say with that, I feel like I have a lot of people that will defend or justify their their exercising to exercise versus training with a purpose, which is totally fine. Like you can totally be someone that just exercises because you feel, it makes you feel better. And like, it's just for health. Like it's totally, there's nothing wrong with that. But, um, if you, if you're exercise, if you're trying to exercise with a goal in mind and that's like some sort of body change or just being stronger or a performance goal, like if there's a goal that's more than just to be healthier and move my body, right? Or more than just the enjoyment of it, then I think you need to look outside of what you need to look at what you're doing. Basically, if you're not seeing the results you're seeing, because I think people just go into it like, oh, like for my mental health, I have to exercise, exercise every single day. And first for me, that's like a balls to the wall hit workout. And I'm like, yeah, but sometimes even if that's what you enjoy, which is what I enjoyed for so many years, it doesn't mean that that's like going to get you where you want to be. Yeah. And then that going back to the sustainability thing, that's a chore now on your to-do list. That's all it is. It's a part of your to-do list that you got to do every day. And that's not sustainable long-term. You know, you know, what is sustainable long-term is having some kind of goal. It doesn't matter what it is. It could be you know, just feeling, I don't know, like you have to have some kind of goal in mind and it doesn't matter where you're at in your fitness journey. Even if you've been doing it forever and you've accomplished most normal 
people's goals, still find new goals. Like I think my mm-hmm. dad is discovering a lot of new goals now mm-hmm. at the age of 63 um, because he's kind of motivated again. He's getting in there and he's trying new things that he hasn't done before. He's trying new weights that he hasn't ever tried before. Um, look at like your mom or Susan. They're, I mean, they're doing things that they probably have never done before. Yeah, literally. And so you can do these things. doesn't matter where you're at in your journey or how old you are. I think it's important to always have a goal because that's it's almost like a game. It's like, can I accomplish this? Mm-hmm. Can I achieve this? I'm going to try it today. I'm going to try it tomorrow. Then when you do, there's this huge dopamine rush. Like, I did it. Mm-hmm. You know, what's the next goal? I would say, I know we're not, I just said we shouldn't use clients' names, but you already used her name. So Susan is our client that we've talked about before because she's in her 70s and she's amazing. So we're only saying good things about her. She's literally amazing, right? She's so strong. She's so fit and she's in her 70s and you would never know it ever. But I think she's a good example of someone who, like, I don't, her goal is to get stronger at certain exercises. Like she wants, and she's accomplished all these goals. She's been with us for years, but like, to be able to be stronger at pull-ups, be stronger at push-ups, like those sort of things. Um, alleviate her scoliosis issues. Um, you know, anyway, stuff like that. So more specific things. She had more specific strength goals than just like be stronger. And I do think there's times where she's like scared to lift heavier on certain things. And I, my thought is that that's maybe like a thing with, you know, like her age, like thinking like, oh, like I'm too old to be lifting this heavy. She jokes with me about that at least. So she's like, Savannah, (laughs) I'm too old for this. I can't can't lift this heavy. And I'm someone that's definitely like, is the juice worth the squeeze? Like, is this risk worth the reward? You know, does Susan need to be getting a PR on deadlifts? You know, like, no. Is it going to be worth it if she has back pain now for two years and she's out, you know, like out of commission? No, but I do always want to encourage people like that. Like my mom who's in her 60s that's still kind of old ish, right? Like people that are maybe thinking like, you know, I'm just, I'm just getting older. I'm not trying to like get a PR, you know, like it's not worth it to me for an injury. I understand, but I still think there's ways to do it safely and you don't have to get a one rep max. Right. But in order to increase your bone density and just be healthier. And then we all know how important muscle mass is when, as you get older. So I think people like are forgetting that. And it's not, once again, you can gain muscle mass in many different rep ranges. You don't have to be doing one rep maxes. You don't even have to be lifting crazy heavy, but you should be producing a stimulus to your muscles that yeah. is making it hard enough to gain muscle. So yeah. I don't know. And it, it, like, it doesn't matter what age you're at because me at 30, uh, me and my brother were talking about this. My older brother's 32. Um, we've both been, he, he started lifting like a year or two before I did. And then I followed suit and we've both been, you know, on it ever since. But, um, we both have two kind of different mentalities. And I think he, over the past three, four or five years has kind of been in a maintenance mode. Like I'm 32, I'm well past my prime. I'm not a teen. I'm not in my twenties when, you know, you physically are considered in your prime. Um, so I just need to maintain I think for yeah, the rest wait, of my life. Isn't males like peak prime around that hormonally age? it's it's in your late teens early 20s no but there's something about but when you're 30 physique wise that's physique what it is for men um we can build our largest frames or, or if that's your goal like your your most masculine physique i suppose up to like 35 to 40 somewhere in that range so i like to think about it in in terms of that like what have i not done in my 20s that I could do in my 30s. Like and I I'm doing it every day. I'm doing things that I've never done that I could never do in my 20s. Whether it's running a sub 6 mile or whether it's um you know lifting you in because you have all these reasons in your head, well I'm not young, I don't have the joints, I don't have the mm-hmm. whatever. But if you have the mindset of I just need to maintain, I need to hold on to what little youth I have mm-hmm. and what muscle I have. I'll never have PRs again because I'm past I'm clearly not better than I was at 25. Like that's such a terrible mindset Mm -hmm. and you won't get anywhere with that. And that can be applied to every age range, Mm -hmm. like thirties, forties, fifties, sixties, seventies, clearly. Absolutely. And I think kind of going back to the like crazy hit workouts and the sustainability with that, that also applies with strength. Like we want this stuff to be sustainable and think about the long term. not like Alex sends one of his favorite pastimes is sending me cringy, 
videos on the internet where people like have fails in the gym. So Alex sent me a guy that died. Okay. Squatting? Squatting. Freaking yeah. squat. The video shows the guy's neck getting snapped. Yeah. I wanted to vomit. Now, for clarification, I don't go looking for this. It found me. He's sick. And he, I Alex was horrified. Is a sick man. And I needed to share with my spouse. So I sent it to you. And I mean, it was more eye opening than anything mm-hmm. else, but. Um. Now I see all those Instagram shows me all the fails because you know I had sent it. I had sent one fail video, and now <laughs> like the algorithm yeah. thinks I love that stuff. I don't know why TikTok thinks that I want to see engagement videos, but I don't, and that's all TikTok shows me. <laughs> like I don't care. I'm seeing bicep tears, pec tears, <laughs> knees being inverted. So with the, like you know when I when I'm talking about like strength gains and stuff, I think that. You still have to be responsible, you know, oh, 100%. and I, I don't yeah. want people to misconstrue this that I'm like, oh yeah, you need to go for the heaviest no. you know, possible weight because it is about sustainability and longevity and yes. we want to be doing this in our eighties. Yes. But, but I and think feeling good. We, we always, it always swings. Yeah, the pendulum yeah. always swings. And so yeah. we, we kind of got to this point where we were like, it doesn't matter about strength. It doesn't matter about ego. It doesn't matter about X, Y, Z. Just go in there, have fun, jump around and leave. <laughs> and that's not the case either. Like we, we want to have a lot of that stuff and, and, and blend the two. So I just sent Alex this story on a, like a gym's page that I follow and I respect some of their programming and some of it I'm like, um, why? Oh my <laughs> why? gosh. I just, I wanted to talk to you about that. <laughs> so I sent him this like, I don't, it was like a crisscross Apple jumpy sauce. thing, crisscross and then like a wee, yeah. <laughs> like a jump a flail in the air with the yeah, arms. It was ridiculous. It was like and a like, five year old wrote a workout yes. and was like, do this. <laughs> and, and, and like, I, I just want to know the There's purpose. No benefit to I it. just want to know the purpose. I, I respect some of the stuff that this gym does where they, cause they do a good amount of like lifting and you know, I understand the conditioning still has a place, but like that doesn't, that conditioning to me and, isn't, and you know what we could probably chalk that up to. Things. That was probably, they were thinking, um, okay. you wiggle the thing? Yeah. That, that was probably them thinking that, Hey, they might get bored of the same old stuff. Let's come up with new things. And the new thing just so happened to be the most ridiculous thing ever. And we've but, done something like that. Like at F45, we've done yeah. weird stuff before. Yeah. We don't go to F45, but when we did for like a week, um, you know, there's just crazy. You, you just got to think though, like what, what is the Do you want to real quick talk about your personal experience, like with kind of the journey that you've been on from when you started? Because I'd be interested in hearing this too. I don't think you've ever outlined it. From when you started exercising, working out in the gym, like with weights, what was your what was your approach then? How did it evolve? Okay. And where are you now? Um, I started lifting weights when I was like fifteen or sixteen at my friend Bobby's house in his garage. And Shout out to Bobby. Bobby Sykes. We called him Beach Body Bob. Beach Body Bob. And um, quite the name. Did he have a beach body? I'm not going to answer that. (laughs) Um, He does now. Good for you, Bobby. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Which is sad. That's probably why people call him that. But anyway, he was so cute, and we did little workouts together in his garage. But it was to P90X or whatever that thing's called, and they were really hard. And then I did weightlifting class in high school, and cross-country also you did summer training so you would run every single day in the bloody hot sun mm-hmm. but you would finish the run you would run to sometimes you started I guess it depended but like a lot of the times we would run our asses off and then we would run to the gym and then we would lift for an hour so you're fasted because you can't eat before you run and you just ran three to five miles and now you're gonna lift weights that makes no sense. So you have no food in your stomach. Anyway, sometimes we started with the lift, but regardless, that was what I did and I loved it, but I was the weakest one. I had to use the smallest barbell, the Bella bar, <laughs> 35 pound Bella bar to bench press. And I was really embarrassed. And then, um, 
I did resistance bands. Actually, I've had someone ask me this recently. I did resistance bands only with kickboxing, right? It was those two together at a kickboxing gym. And that's what I did the summer before I went to college. And I got a lot leaner. Like I definitely lost body fat and gained a lot of muscle mass in just a couple months. But I had someone ask me recently, like, hey, I've been using resistance bands and I'm seeing really good results. But like, is that good enough? Like, does that work? Does that work as well as weights? And I was like the proof's in the pudding. You just said you saw really good results. Yeah. Like, obviously, yes. Like, th- th- it doesn't have to be dumbbells. Anything is resistance. Your body weight is resistance, right? Yeah. Like, it just depends on how, you know, how you're doing it, right? And like right. the stimulus, you just need a stimulus to create more muscle. So, um, yeah, I got really good results never touching a dumbbell and still doing cardio. It's not like I think cardio is terrible or like hit because Kickboxing was very hit based. Yeah, so you right? started in, in more of a hit type yeah. style because I mean P ninety X was hit and then- oh yeah, and then the resistance training with the resistance bands it was Tabata style. Yeah. So there was like ten seconds rest between bicep curls. It was ridiculous. Yeah. So yeah, it was really hard, but it, that's all it was. And then I think I did try to dabble in like some weightlifting then when I got to college, but I didn't know what I was doing. You know. And then hired a coach because I did that bikini competition when I was 20. And that's when I really got into weightlifting. And they never, it's, it's not like they like showed me the moves. Like at that point I was kind of, I was technically a trainer and mm-hmm. it's kind of, I kind of knew what I was doing, but following their program was what really got me into like bodybuilding and resistance training. And it was ridiculous volume ridiculous like I don't even know how many sets I did because everything was at least four sets and there was a lot of supersets but um and it was actually all kind of light I mean like you would push your you were pushing the weight as heavy as you could but it was always like 25 reps and a 20 reps and a 15 reps um because it was bikini competition but it was really hard and I did seek results but it was six weeks of the same program and that was kind of my first time following a program and repeating the same workouts for an extended period of time. I'd never done that, you know? Yeah. And I really liked it. I, did, I never got bored. So I don't know why I'm over here always like, oh my gosh, these people are going to get so bored. Because <laughs> I didn't. I was like, I know what I'm doing. I'm confident now. It's week three. I'm confident knowing where I'm going to go and what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be like embarrassed looking around. Is anyone like judging me? Because I don't know if I'm doing this right. I'm not sitting there staring at the moves, you know, on my phone, like the, the program. I'm not like sitting there staring like, what's next? What is that again? So it was actually really nice. And I really liked seeing, because I remember I started, I used the little, um, what's the, not the Bella bar, easy bar. I used easy bars to do RDLs back then because that was weak sauce. And um, so those are the ones at the gym where they're like on a pyramid. Is that what you would call it? Yeah. And there's like 20 pound, 30 pound, all the way up to maybe like 70 or 80 pounds of like the fixed barbells. And so I used those and I think I did like 50 pounds and then like 55 pounds and then 60 pounds, you know, but eventually I think I got up to 70 or 80 pounds for, I don't know, 15 reps. And I was amazed. I was so, I was like so motivated by that. So yeah, that was how I got into lifting was bikini competition. And then I lifted for a while because then I was addicted. And then eventually once I graduated college and started teaching tons of group fitness, I think that's when I started to get kind of into that like hit mentality. Mm-hmm. I was already teaching like hit style classes, but then when I was like taking them, that's when I was like, oh, this is so addicting. Cause it is, it's super addicting. Yeah. It's very addicting. And you do think you're like, this is so hard. I mean, I must be burning so many right. calories. I must be but like again, getting closer to my goals. Yeah. And I was very not shreddy. <laughs> so, um, I was very inflamed. So (laughs) I think I did. I would do like one or two HIIT workouts a day and I'd still lift. But And then when I saw, I think when I was like sold officially on like that resistance training is king and that's what's going to get you to your results, especially if you're trying to like grow a body, like a, a muscle what body, I can't talk, body part, muscle, mm-hmm. um, was when I was really trying to grow my ass, my glutes. And I was doing three days a week of legs. That was around our wedding, 
right? Because I was, I remember I really wanted tight ass <laughs> for our wedding. And um, I had amazing results. Remember how nice my butt was? Mm-hmm. Like my butt, it took like two years of dedication, but my butt was the most perfect it had ever been for my own genetics. And it was like round and strong and it was awesome. And that was because of weightlifting. There was nothing else, right? And then from there. I mean, I was still addicted to hit then. What so are you never, saying never dropped the hit. Yeah, I just added in. I, I kind of like you dropped. You were starting to re-implement like just lifting. Yeah, I kind of dropped like upper body lifting and just I didn't have time. Right. <laughs> I just focused on my goals, which were butt days every day and hit because I thought I needed to lean out, but I was still not leaning out quite like I wanted to, but my butt got bigger. And then I think, I don't know what happened. When did it, after COVID, sometime after COVID. It had to be after COVID. Because well, because during COVID, I was still jumping around like a crazy person. Yeah. Doing a bunch of hit stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so sometime after COVID, oh, probably when I got pregnant. <laughs> That'll do it. (laughs) I got pregnant and wasn't jumping anymore because I wanted to protect my pelvic floor. Yeah. Yes, that is what it was. That's what it was. It forced you to slow down. That is, it forced me to slow down. And I suddenly had a respect for like bar and Pilates and lifting. And I didn't do HIT anymore. And I did a lot less cardio and I walked a lot more. And then I never went back. Because then in. When you were after giving birth to Scarlett, like within that following year, what were, would you say you were the leanest you ever were? Yeah. And so that's interesting. Um, I know, but hormones play a huge role too. Hormones do. But that's kind of my whole thing is I believe that your workouts can impact your hormones a lot. Yeah. And I don't think that's just pseudoscience. I do believe that that is like scientifically proven. Can't tell you how or what, and but but because hit well, all exercise is inflammation to the body, but like high intensity interval training overdone, right? Like more than once a week or twice a week is it can wreak havoc on female hormones, especially because we're not made for that. Yeah, and I mean it, it's always like anecdotal experience is the best is the best experience. Um, like to, to draw on. So like I have very similar experience where all those years where I was in RTC, I was still lifting, trying to lift, but that combined with my PT workouts in the morning, which were at like 5am were so crazy. They were like running up and down the stadium at UNF for an hour. And then when you'd finish the stadium, you'd sprint around the track as fast as you can and then go back up the stadium. So we're talking about doing stuff like that, running five miles with a ruck in boots, like a 50-pound ruck, four days a week. Mm -hmm. Um, And so then you'd go to the gym later on, like when you were kind of recovered, but not really. Yeah, you were not recovered. And like, I mean, again, I I was younger and probably could handle it a bit better, but even still, I was bloated i was like kind of puffy mm-hmm. most of the time and you'd think well if you're running five miles right. every day and then you're lifting right like you must look great no that's not the case i love that i love that you said that because i think that's what most women think yeah and then when i've done like just very isolated focused lifting and that's it maybe a walk and focus on your diet and diet and um, your sleep and your recovery yeah i've gotten my leanest yeah like by far so that's exactly, I love that you said that. That's but totally these, this true. Is, we're talking about like a decade and a decade of trial and error, a decade plus <laughs> of trial and error. You don't have to make those mistakes. Yeah. Like just, and, and obviously if you experience it yourself, then you don't need to like hear it from anyone else. And sometimes that's what you need to do. Yeah, that's what you need. Yeah. But you could at least take other people's experiences those things don't go back and forth. Don't go through the whole mess. I mean, yeah. Just do if if you're gonna do trial and error, do micro trials. Do like two months doing this, two mm-hmm. months doing that. See what works better, and then stick with that. And I have friends that know what works. I, I know they know what works because I know it works. We've talked about it, and I don't think they've ever really they ever really settle into. 
like the thing that works because if you're under the impression that you constantly have to change things to find a new working formula or if you're not seeing results, it's because what you've been doing is wrong. Mm -hmm. You need to find something that no one's ever done before or this new thing on the block. You're going to be chasing your tail forever. (laughs) You never will achieve your results. I don't the results you want. I don't think. So didn't, I, I'm trying not to use all of our clients' names. Didn't the client that I whispered to you the name of earlier, didn't she tell you, once again, I'm just asking because I wasn't there in person, but didn't she tell you um, that she used to feel exhausted after her, like, yeah, terrible. F45 Orange Theory terrible. workouts? Mm-hmm. And that now she feels, like, good when she leaves? Yeah. So that is such a huge indicator. If you're leaving whatever your workout is, I just saw someone's story about this today. They go to like a different boot camp place. But if you're leaving your your workouts feeling exhausted and like you need a nap, and if you're feeling that way all day, that's a bad sign. Yeah. You want to push it. You want to push hard. And you want your muscles to feel like taxed for sure. Like your muscles feeling taxed, that's that's normal. But if your whole body is like having this response where you need a nap. Yeah. They're different feelings. Like I yeah. love when I leave the gym or when I leave my workout feeling the tingle that I kind of feel in whatever muscle groups I just worked. Like you just feel yeah. this sense of fullness and like, you know, you, you definitely did a workout there. Yeah. Um, not like I'm trying to catch my breath. I'm soaked in sweat. I need a shower and then I need to lay down on the couch to stretch my back because it hurts from jumping up and down so many times. Like that's not what you want. But like, it's like a nervous system thing though. Once again, if you're feeling that pure exhaustion, like you just ran from a lion for the last hour yeah, or a tiger, whatever the term is, then that's probably a bad sign. (laughs) Yeah. So, and that's what this random girl that I follow posted. She was like, I forget what her story said. So I'm like, so dead, definitely going to need a nap after this. And I'm thinking about the fact that this girl is postpartum. So her hormones are already, you know, real sensitive. She, I think she had a 5 a.m. boot camp, which means, and she's got like a breastfeeding kid. So she probably didn't get that much sleep. Woke up early still for this boot camp, which like mad respect. Cause I know she was trying to fit it in, you know, in her mm-hmm. busy day, but lack of sleep Got up before, you know, the sun was up to go do this intense workout. Um, and now she's, like, exhausted from it. And her body's probably just, like, help. Yeah. It'd be so much better if she could do a walk I, and 30 minutes of lifting. Yeah. I actually remember the progression because I, I used to, like, keep an eye on bodybuilding forums and, like, you know, online resources and websites and stuff where everyone was always talking about what's the best way to do X, Y, Z, what's the best way to cut, what's the best way to bulk. Um, And I remember it was always this classic debate between cardio, running, things like that, and lifting. And then, I don't know, it must have been around like 2010 was when they started talking about HIT, Mm -hmm. this cool thing where you're actually doing both. You're lifting and it's cardio because it's like you're just going crazy, but you're going to burn so many more calories because you're using all of your muscles like you would if you were weightlifting. But it's like full body and full body's where it's at and you want to do that. And it's funny because that's how it was kind of sold was like it's the best of both worlds. You'll burn the most calories because you're, you're hitting your your muscles like you would in a weightlifting session, mm-hmm. but it's it's fast and, you're, and you're, you're kind of like almost like you're sprinting. You're just out of breath. Um, and so that's how that was sold. And that's still, I think, how it's sold today. Um, but I agree. That's crazy that came out in like 2010. It, yeah, maybe a little earlier. I don't remember. I remember my dad dragged me to a boot camp when I was a kid. It was like a, a boxing boot camp. And it was just killing yourself for like an <laughs> you hour. You boxed with me. Yeah. He died then too. <laughs> I do miss boxing. And boxing, I guess, is a form of hit because you do no, like definitely a four-minute round yeah. and then you rest for about a minute to two minutes. Then you go again. Um, but well, I like boxing. <laughs> I guess I like it to a degree because the thing that I have body dysmorphia on is my shoulders. I get real mad when my shoulders get too developed. I don't like the way it looks on my frame. And Alex and I figured this out. I was like, how come my shoulders finally look good? 
And he's like, well, what have you not been doing? Boxing. I'm like, oh, dang it. So for me personally now, I'm like terrified to go back to boxing all the time. Because I, mean, I mean, I boxed a lot when I boxed. And I would still do like a dedicated like upper body day mm-hmm. too, you know? Um, but besides that, I do like it because you're using your core in a rotational movement, which is really good. And if you're like usually just doing stuff in the sagittal plane, wait, Oh my gosh, my brain. Sagittal? Frontal. Sagittal. <laughs> Oof. This baby brain. If you're doing everything in the sagittal plane, which is bicep curls, squats, lunges, right? The front and back versus side to side, which is the frontal plane. Um, then like in the gym, then it's nice that you're doing like rotational stuff yeah. and boxing. And then I really like it just because it does like tone your upper body just by freaking punching a bag. And I think it teaches you how to breathe. That was the first time I learned how to like breathe properly so I like it for all that and it's still hit but I don't feel like it's the same I'm not doing a bunch of crazy stuff not that's bad to jump yeah. by the way I think that, no, no. I think there's a time but, and a place for everything we've talked about yeah it's just should this be the core of your routine yeah. for the rest of your life I don't think so yeah. I can make that argument all day um but yeah mm-hmm. I mean every once in a while I like to get out there and do that stuff and I wish I did it more sometimes but yeah, not as a not as an everyday routine. Definitely not. And I guess the last thing I just want to quickly touch on is we didn't really talk about that the new program our clients are doing is endurance. But so they did strength the last four weeks and now they're starting an endurance one. And um I do feel like I see some of my like fitness professional people I like to follow on the gram. I feel like sometimes people will hate on like higher rep ranges or whatever. You know, if they're just talking about like, you know, if you're trying to look better, you don't do a bunch of like sissy low rep or low weight, high rep stuff. But I do think that for a well-rounded program, it can be really helpful. And it's proven that rep ranges from like five to 30 all still provide a stimulus for muscle building. It's just people looking to make an argument. It's like, oh, six reps isn't enough to to accomplish anything, so you might as well not do it. No, that's not true. I've done plenty of sets Mm -hmm. where it was six reps. Now, not all of them are six reps, but... um, Like, I could could make that argument, too. I don't know if you remember this. This was back in, like, 2009, 10, something like that. It was the 5-5, 5-5. Okay. Uh, workouts where you do five sets of five reps. Oh. The most you could do, the most amount of weight you could do, five Ooh. reps, five sets, uh, and you would kind of just go through your workout that way. So like bench press, you do five reps, five five sets of five reps. And um, and I never felt good because I never got like enough reps in to feel like I was doing something. Mm-hmm. But if I did 12 or 15 and then 10 and, and then I got down to six, that six feels good. So, I mean, it's all... Just again, trial and error, but yeah, people make the arguments that oh, scientifically six isn't going to do it, or fifteen is too much, or whatever. It it doesn't matter. It's not it's not a science like that specifically. Yeah, you 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 have so much wiggle room, but but so now all of our clients from the four weeks of strength are saying how strong they feel and in the endurance program, but it's hard because they're not used to all these high reps and everything. And it's just, it's like fun though to see because like our one client just got 23 pushups in a row. Yeah. And she's like, that's definitely from us working on strength the last four weeks. Yeah. Because we did a bunch of bench press and stuff. So it's very cool to see, but I think there's a time and a place for both. And I think a well-rounded program will have both in power. All of it. Yeah. Yeah, All of it. Like you want to be able to, I think it's cool to be able to push a heavy sled. I think that's cool. I miss the sled. It's been so hot out. Yeah. But yeah. All that's cool. And I don't know. I think it's just nice. I think I think finding a nice contrast of like you can do stuff that is really fun and that you enjoy. I think that's still number one. But then if you do have certain goals and ambitions, then finding like a good routine with a good program is still really important. So mm-hmm. that's why we're saying things we're saying not to like hate on stuff no it's just observations and anecdotal experience amongst ourselves yeah um i think it's 
It's informative. And, you know, it's you can't take the assumption of like, well, everybody knows X, Y, Z. Everybody knows that you should do this or that. Like, that's not true. There's people that, when do most people start working out? Nowadays, mm-hmm. we could argue in their teens when there's like pressure mm-hmm. for kids in high school to work out. Um, there's kids hitting that threshold every day that are like, oh my God, I don't like the way I look. Or I need to be, I need to get strong. Like, and they have no idea what they're doing. And they're just thrust into the world amongst, you know, all the information that's on the internet and they're trying to sift through it. What's right, what's wrong. Um, I mean, there's so many people that don't know that need to, you could learn. I know. I wish I had. And avoid some mistakes. I wish I had all that stuff when I was a teenager, all those Instagram posts, but then I don't just because there's just a lot of, not good Garbage, stuff. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of good stuff too. You just got to know how to find it. Uh, but anyway, I guess that's it for today. Yeah. Talk to your ear off per usual. But um, yeah, that's it, right? Anything yeah. No, that's the scoop. That's the scoop. Toodles. Toodles.